Welcome to the Air Combat Simulation Podcast, brought to you by BBR Productions. Together with content creators, mission builders, experts, and enthusiasts, we explore the comprehensive world of combat aircraft simulation. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Air Combat Sim Podcast. This episode we will be discussing DCS Liberation Campaign. That's a dynamic campaign, a turn-based campaign that you can run with a third-party app and uh, generates missions for you, and we'll get into detail more about that in a minute. Uh, Today we have Baltic Dragon with us. How you doing, Baltic? Uh, Hi guys, Uh, doing fine. I'm on holidays now, which means I have less time, uh, I mean, yeah, much less time than... I normally have, which is kind of funny. And I also have to admit just uh, of the bad that I haven't played the Liberation uh, campaign. I've heard about it, heard good things, but I don't know too much about it. So my questions that will follow might be from a point of view of someone who, who really, um, well, they, they might sound naive or stupid to people that have played it already, but might be useful for others. I don't know. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, any question you have uh would probably benefit new people to uh liberation as well so that'll be good and uh our guest is uh dan dan how you doing dan works on the uh liberation team um how's it going man doing good how are you doing well doing well thanks for thanks for joining us um what what specifically is your role on the team um pretty much same as everyone else that uh does this we we all just sort of pitch in with the the parts that interest us um i'm one of the ones that has been more active and with the project a bit longer than a lot of the people that are currently active um but but we all do pretty much the same thing very cool kind of like a just a collaborative effort everybody does what they want to do and pitches in pretty much yeah that's cool um maybe you can give us a, a brief overview uh, of what liberation is so our listeners can get a better understanding. Yeah. Um, so it's a dynamic campaign. Uh, anyone that has played uh, Falcon BMS knows exactly what that is. So you, you start your campaign and you get a, a, a theater of combat where you have several bases that you own. You have a set of resources to spend. The enemy has the same things. There's SAMs all over the map. There's vehicle targets, there's ships, there's all kinds of things. And it's uh, unlike BMS, it is turn-based. So at the start of each turn, you plan all of your missions, and you pick an aircraft to fly, and you hit go, and it generates a mission for you. And whatever you do in that mission, whether you kill a SAM, you your ground forces capture a base, um, all of that is then reflected back into the campaign so that you can continue next turn. And when I say all of that, there's there's some pretty big caveats there. We track kills, basically, and not much else. Do you, you track deaths? as well but only from kills or just like if i crash a plane i lose that resource moving forward correct correct so yeah we it, it, it's wrong to say that we track kills we do track deaths it doesn't really matter how it arises gotcha gotcha um i know in my my own experience um i started playing liberation i want to say trying to think of the version number it had to have been one something uh or just prior to one but there's little caveats where like I didn't realize until more recent, you know, you don't have to actually land the plane. You can end it at any time. Is that, that's more what you mean. You won't, you track very limited things, correct? That's correct. Yeah. Awesome. Where, um, was this something that you guys started or was this started by somebody else originally? It was originally a different author. I think, uh, shadow prince is the, the call sign. Um, Copa, the other main developer, picked it up. I don't know exactly when. I think it was sometime early last year um, after it had sort of uh, stagnated as far as I know. I wasn't involved then, so I don't I don't really know the history here. But I, as I understand it, 1.0 was a very different game. Um, it, it sort of just generated... It was a lot more like the, the quick mission generator that's already in DCS. Um, it, it had some persistent behavior to it, but it would it would sort of only generate the local area for one operation each time. So you would either have a bombing mission and that was the entire mission, or you would have a cast mission and that was the whole thing. I see. Um, whereas when Copa 
took over, I think the, the first thing that he did was reorganize that such that the entire theater is playing and it's more free form. Right, right. I gotcha. Yeah, I, I guess I didn't play it back then. I had heard about it and I think I might have tried it once, but uh, the UI bothered me enough to make me stop playing it at the time. Um, <laughs> I think that was redone around the same time, yeah. Let me jump in then. Uh, if, if we're talking about the, you say the campaigns, so you can, you're free to choose any map you like, uh, and there are some preset campaigns or let's say scenarios that you can jump into. How does it work? Okay. Um, there are only preset campaigns, but you have quite a few variables that you can tune. Um, so you go into the mission editor like you would for um, any other uh, type of mission, and you follow a a set of guidelines on how to set it up. Um, you turn some bases blue, you plop down some Patriots or some SA-10s or some SA-3s, you add a few units to define some paths, and then you save that, and we import that mission and look at how it's structured, and we use that to generate the campaign. So the overall shape and layout of the campaign comes predefined, but you can choose your faction, your, your coalition of units and what you have available, as well as... Uh, tune the economy for the income rates or the starting budget or quite a few other things that I'm kind of blanking on at the moment, but there's quite a few things that you can do to customize the campaign. The other thing is, is and you correct me if I'm wrong, Dan, um, but this is just from me kind of looking into it for my own usage. Uh, you use the mission editor in DCS, you define the blue bases, you define the red bases, you add units and a pathing that you want the units to push on on the front lines between bases, right? Yep. And the units themselves, specific unit types are what gets generated at runtime. So you like you would define, like you said, an SA-3. Well, that's going to be like an SA-3 site. It might have multiple units. It might have just a few. It's all generated at runtime, not defined within the mission itself other than, hey, there is a SAM site of this type here. Use this. That's mostly correct. The uh, the difference is that it may not necessarily be an SA3. It will be some sort of medium right, range right, right. SAM. But you guys um, say like an SA3 means this, an SA2 means this, right? Yeah, because you, you might change out the faction that you're playing against. They might not have access to the SA3. You might be flying right. against, against a U.S. faction, and it'll get replaced with... Uh, it, it downgrades to a low-range SAM at that point, and you're probably fighting an Avenger. The U.S. factions just don't have any medium-range SAMs. And then on top of that, when it generates the mission, the the initial generation of the mission of the campaign, every time you generate it, it could be different because you have some randomness built into the generation, right? Correct. Yeah. The since, since the exact SAMs that you're up against and the all of the vehicle groups that spawn, you know, it, it might be armor this time. It might be a group of BTRs next time. Yeah. That that's really cool. I really like that because that adds a lot of replayability to you know, the same type of mission over and over again. Yeah, some some of it's good. Some of it can lead to undesirable behavior because uh, if you expect an SA-2 to spawn so that you have coverage of a certain area and instead you get an SA-3, it's quite a bit less coverage. So you might have a campaign that was designed to have one SAM guarding an area that actually has coverage of nothing. And, and how about your side? So you say you have a budget that you can spend but this time if you buy units you can buy specific units and you have everything you bought or it's also some kind somehow more random for your faction um there, there's sort of two things going on here there's the there's the targets that are in the theater um which are going to be static objectives they don't move around um and for the most part you don't buy those those are all spawned at the beginning of the game you can go and uh tweak the armor composition for those static units. Uh, I don't think many people really do, since they don't move around, they don't accomplish as much, they're mostly just there as targets. The money gets spent on buying aircraft and buying units that are on the front line, or replacing a SAM after you capture a base. Yeah, like repairing repairing base assets and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, so the, the idea is that like you start out with you know 500 million, the enemy starts off with 500 million, and you can spend that on you know, air-to-ground assets, air-to-air -air assets, and then also in between base capturing. So if you have a base at the south and they have one at the north, there's this front line that's generated in between, and it's it's just this pathing that the AI will take to move up to the base to the north from the, from the south. And your role is to go in and destroy 
that southern base or that northern base and then as your assets from the front line move up if they get to the northern base it gets captured correct yeah um you, you i think there's like a two kilometer radius around each base um this is defined by dcs not us there is actually a built-in base capture mechanic and if you have oh interesting cleared the enemy base of enemy units and you move one friendly ground unit in it'll it'll flip sides and we we catch that event and that is how we note the base capture which can be kind of annoying because it can just be one btr hiding in a in an aircraft shelter that will stop the base from being captured um but it's what we do right now or a tree exactly i i had one uh dynamic campaign no actually the one i'm running now for my uh twitch stream the initial generation it was on persian gulf uh there was a like four four or six boats off the coast and uh two of them generated on land in a building that was very (laughs) very frustrating yeah (laughs) um it's it's easier to avoid than it used to be back when all of the locations were completely random, but it, it's still up to the campaign designer to right, put them right. in the right spot, and sometimes we screw up. That's pretty funny. Uh, so you say there are, let's say, I have a bunch of tanks and BTRs going north to towards enemy base, then if I'm not there in my aircraft, then the AI will take care of the whole fighting sequence. And my question is, uh, is there is there a point f- from players' perspective to let's say buy BTRs instead of just Abrams or something like that? Um, this is where we kind of run into some of the limitations of DCS's ground war system. As far as we've been able to tell, there's not much reason to use anything mm-hmm. other than tanks. They just are going to be better at everything. We've we tried to round some of that out. Um, we there's also infantry that spawns. Uh, you don't have to buy the infantry. It's just it's mm-hmm. just there, um, and it, it'll, you know, they'll have man pads, so they they can actually contribute to protecting the front line there, and they will only spawn with uh, oh, APCs great. and IFVs, so they so there's some motivation to buy things other than That's tanks. That's pretty cool. I didn't, didn't actually realize that. I actually turned that off for performance reasons, <laughs> um, but I I usually run pretty heavy missions, so yeah, um, I think. I'm not sure how much the infantry contributes to that because I, I never actually turned that one off. The the smoke certainly, the smoke yeah, the smoke and the um, it'll it'll try to regenerate the uh, the wrecks from previous missions as well, and oh, okay. that, that can be really heavy. Sure, but every every mission runs pretty heavy. There's just a lot going on. And for the for the people listening that don't understand what we're talking about here for the smoke, um, when DCS liberation defines where the front line is for that specific mission. There is what's what's the smoke called? It's just a it's just a static smoke plume that you get uh, in the DCS mission editor. You guys kind of lay those out at random, I'm assuming, uh, across that front line, just so there's a visual reference from the air where yeah. a battle is going on, right? Well, and it looks really cool. It does look. Cool. <laughs> I agree. I, I hate I having agree. to turn it off, but it does. It does really hurt on FPS. Yeah, yeah. You can turn it down though, right? I believe degree. you can now. Yeah, I think that was a yep. recent addition. Awesome. Um, what are what are some of the 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 bigger problems you guys have run into um, over the the time that you've been on this team? Um, I'd say the the thing that we struggle with most is just trying to get the behavior that we want out of the in game AI. DCS does a really 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 good job with uh, highly scripted behavior it does not do a very good job with autonomy and since we are generating these rather than curating these um we we need the ai to have a lot more autonomy than they do Mm -hmm. Um, this is why like baltic dragons campaigns you can't really tell that the ai has that many problems because they are scripted down to the second to have the I AI see. do exactly what you need them well, to. Uh, I can certainly say how many problems there are by scripting it. It's just crazy. <laughs> yes, but you have dealt with all those problems, so no one else has to yeah, see exactly. them. Exactly. <laughs> and that, yes, and that takes you a ton of time, and it's just not a thing that we are capable of doing automatically. You, you do that by hand, whereas we have to do something programmatically, which is a lot tougher. Um, like the there there's no way to define as far as I can tell there's no way to define a no fly zone, so there's no way to keep the AI from going a place that they shouldn't. Um, there are tasks like yeah. uh, 
search and engage along your route and that it's not actually along the route it's just within a certain distance of where they are at that time so if they are flying along a flight path and you want them to engage everything within 20 nautical miles of that well they're going to go 20 nautical miles attack that target and then find another thing 20 nautical miles from where they currently are and they can just wander mm. all over the map i see um, it doesn't happen too often because they do have to actually find the target um so it it mostly works but there are some some quirks where you'll see your cast aircraft run off and destroy an entire base interesting yeah i've always found the the ai to be a little bit uh, wonky in in what they can see <laughs> and how how do you deal with those problems in between the updates because uh... They also something that used to work before sometimes stops working. Like I don't know, the seed mission comes to mind where it's sometimes very unreliable uh, with with the AI. So you have to do a lot of tweaking after each major update. Um, I would say that if we encounter those problems often, we don't know because um, we're not going to really notice those problems until they are reported in a mission or one of us encounters them um and it, it just does take a lot of play time to actually see the and you have to be watching the ai aircraft in order to catch those problems mm. and you're usually busy flying your own jet trying not to get shot down so you, you may not notice those things i think is probably going to be the issue yeah. again that's, that's the difference that's the difference with the scripted campaigns where you rely on ai to do something to push the campaign forward as opposed to just it being part of a much larger picture i guess yeah Mm -hmm. So speaking of the AI, one of the one of the community questions was um, from Whiskey Actual. He he said that the, and I'm I'm just saying what he has here. I don't actually know what it is, but it, he said the XSAF AI is quite unique. Um, and he was wondering if you guys were open to collaboration. Um, is is. is you know, maybe not specifically about the AI in question, but as far as collaboration goes, do you guys accept like pull requests and um, external input uh, from from the community? Yeah, absolutely. Um, pull requests are actually probably how most of my time gets spent on Liberation lately. Um, but it's it's the bug tracker's open. Uh, it's it's also a form of our roadmap, um, and and we take pull requests and uh, we have a, also collaborated with. Uh, other other groups um mm -hmm. in particular uh, skynet the iads system we've we've certainly talked with the uh the guy that runs that i love that system it's really cool i hate that system because the dcsai doesn't know how to do anything with it though yeah that that part is unfortunate the the seed aircraft and liberation definitely don't handle that well because if it's not yeah. emitting they can't find it and it's intentionally yeah. not emitting so I don't even think they attack it once it emits. Like, <laughs> I I've had a few uh, campaigns that I've played by myself where I had Skynet on and the seed would go in and it would be emitting, but they wouldn't do anything for some reason. So, um, uh, I'm not sure what the deal is there. So I usually turn it off uh, if if it's a single player campaign for myself. But I do love it, and um, you know when I do multiplayer stuff. Uh, definitely turn it back on. It can help with performance too, just because it turns off so many units. Right, right. Everything's not in red alert mode right at the beginning. Exactly, yeah. And I think here is, if I may, uh, on AI, I think indeed they're working on some kind of making the AI more autonomous than they are now. Like, for instance, allowing them not to go into fray and just turn tail and flee if the, the there's too many enemy units, etc. I don't know how advanced it is and uh, how far they, they've gone with it, but that will probably add another new interesting layer to because, well, the player will have to think more carefully about what he chooses, what he buys, what he sends. And if, if it's overwhelmed or over outnumbered by the enemy, then, then he may not achieve any of the goals. So that might be interesting to see how it evolves. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I actually find that the, the, the combat AI, like any anytime I'm doing something non-cooperative with the AI, that usually works out quite well i think uh, especially cas the ai is really really good at cas um you give them mavericks or ap quiz and they have no problem um, it, yeah. it's all the cooperative interactions with the ai that are where i find things struggle like just trying to taxi near the ai trying to use the same airfield as the ai because 
as best as I can tell, they don't follow the same air traffic control rules that the players try to. Even if you right. call in your landing, they might just land on top of you. Yeah. Um, it's all those kinds of things. I, where I find the way that they taxi to be incredibly annoying. And it's really slow. Um, like they, they're, I think this has gotten better, but there were a few months ago, there were definitely problems, especially on the Syria map, which, you know, was a work in progress at the time. It's, it's expected. Mm-hmm. Um, but only a single aircraft could taxi at any airport at any time. So yeah. one aircraft would start taxiing and until it was in the air, another one could not begin taxiing. So it took an hour to, to sortie just yeah. a package or two that, out of that. That was some of the that was some of the frustration when I actually first started on Syria with with Liberation was um I forget what I forget what the airfield is. Uh, it's one of the northern ones. Um but it only has uh the runway. It doesn't have a, like a taxiway. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I would I would put up, you know, some AI bar cap and they would fly up one at a time in like two to four minute intervals at takeoff. So like while one goes up to go, you know, hold the airspace, he's getting clobbered by an incoming like four MiG-29s because he has no backup because it's four minute intervals between takeoffs because yeah. they're all back taxiing rather than taking a taxiway. It's just, and, and, you know, realistic or not, that was just always a frustrating thing. So like I had to adapt my play style to, uh, around that yeah. which was a little bit annoying but and well it, it it may be realistic behavior for them to have to back taxi but you know they they do it in pairs most of those airfields have a turnaround location when they yep. when they do a back taxi and they Agreed. they don't always do that hmm. um and you probably just wouldn't sortie as many flights out of that airfield you'd, you'd use yes. a, a bigger air base to a do bigger that. airfield yep and yep. Uh, liberation just doesn't really take that into account Right, um, right. Can you set some of your flights already in the air so to avoid that kind of problem? Uh, yes, you do have control over the start type of the aircraft. Um, and, and this is one of the ways that I get around this problem uh, is, is you can just say, hey, just runway start everybody or just air oh, start everybody. Um, and that is really unfortunate because uh, runway start does not work for delayed flights in multiplayer and for some reason only in multiplayer yes so the common fix for performance of run a dedicated server on the same machine and connect to it um it'll like double your fps just because your your render loop is no longer tied to the ai and and doing that means that runway starts no longer work so you have to air start oh, interesting yeah it's it's frustrating um, there there is a bug open ed knows about it it's just got to get to it so let's 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 go down that path. Um, have you guys had much interaction with the ED staff um, in helping you guys deal with issues, or su- you guys suggesting things to them to fix or whatever? Uh, none beyond what every other player is uh, doing. We file bugs, we file feature requests. Um, as far as I know, we get no special treatment. I haven't had any direct conversations with any of them beyond gotcha. bug discussion. What what do you guys have? vision wise for the future is is there anything that you guys want to happen sooner rather than later or things that you guys want to happen but are re- require some sort of thing from ed to occur first or um i think there's two questions there one was just general project direction and the other is mm-hmm. what do i want ed to do to open some doors for us sure. um yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll take the the first one of those first General driving uh, direction has always sort of been, I want to play BMS, but I want to fly more than just the F-16. And you can fly more than the F-16 and BMS, but they're all an F-16 on the inside, basically. Correct. Um, and and that's that's always sort of been at least my uh, motivational direction. Um, well, we're never going to be that good, um, but I hope we can get close. So that... I, I think we've we've gotten a lot of the way there, but um, th- things like starting the mission partway through, like BMS does, where you can just sort of drop in any aircraft at any time, um, mm-hmm. it, it, that I don't see us being able to do because it requires you to simulate what's going on right. in the mission. And 
I, as far as I can tell, the AI in DCS will spawn with zero SA. So if you try to start a mission with an aircraft, like, over the target about to begin its attack run, it's not going to go well. Gotcha. So ED obviously is coming out with their own dynamic campaign at some point. Yeah. Uh, we don't know when, but they're obviously actively working on it, and they talk about it here and there. Um, do you see your efforts going into making that better eventually, or is that depending on what they do kind of a cutoff for you guys uh for me personally the moment they hit parity i'm i'm done working on this <laughs> gotcha. we're not we're not making huge amounts of money on this it's it's because mm -hmm. i want to play this so as soon as they are making a, a thing that i want to play more than i want to play liberation i don't need to spend my time on this anymore i've already got right, the thing right. um i do think that's going to take them a while but they they certainly have the tools and the people to do it um so it sure. will absolutely get there but um, we, we've got a bit of a head start. Yeah. In the meantime, this is what you guys got. It, precisely. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm very much looking forward to the, them doing that. Um, and, and even, even while that's still in development, they are going to have to make some changes that will just improve liberation because they're going sure. to need to improve some of that AI autonomy that I was talking about. They're going to run right. into all the same problems that we do. I, I honestly cannot wait until the AI is better. Yeah. And I know that, um, you know, speaking with, um, we interviewed Nine Line. He was actually, what did he say? He said something, and I'm going to paraphrase something along the lines of like that Nick uh, Gray was actually, I don't know that it was floored, but he didn't understand that we all thought the AI was not good. Uh, yeah, no, I, I do remember that that part of the interview. I, I forget was, the exact uh, wording. It was some very negative adjective used to yes. describe the AI, and they they rightly took. Um, we're, we're upset by that because they do put in a lot of effort. Um, and it's, it's by no means an easy problem to solve. Like I understand no. why this is not done. It's hard. Um, yes. so, so I, I, I've been saying that the AI is a huge limiting factor all this time, but I, I by no means think this is like a, Hey, Hey, hey ED, why haven't you done this? Like I, I get right. it. Right. Um, yeah. And in, in my own career of, of software engineering, it's, I've dabbled and it's not, it's not a fun project. I, I wouldn't want to do it. AI in general is tough. Yeah, it's, it's hard and, and doing it without ruining FPS is even harder. That was actually one of the things that, um, you know, I kind of switched over. I used to do the YouTube stuff and I don't, I don't have time for it anymore. So I've switched over to, uh, just live streaming stuff. And, um, we, we explored some of the stuff that the AI does in particular, the, the flight model which has always kind of been that, that UFO experience. And uh, we would try, well, I remember one stream, we were trying to do exactly what the AI did um, based on recordings in TacView, and we couldn't get there at all. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know what the flight model is doing, but I'd imagine if they allowed the flight model for every AI unit to use, um, you know, what the players use, the CPU would just go through the roof. And I think that's something that nobody takes into consideration when they think about how the AI is. I think AI uses the simplified flight model for all the... I don't even think they use that. I don't, I think they maybe to some degree, but some of the stuff that was occurring when we were doing the testing was, uh, it's just impossible, even with the simplified stuff. But, but maybe, maybe that's the base and maybe they've done something else, but it was very strange. It was very strange. So uh, let's talk about, um, do you guys have any foreseeable plans to try to get things with Liberation working easier or better for, for multiplayer? And when I say multiplayer, I don't mean co-op. I mean like PvP, allowed to allow PvP or set up on red versus blue and, and things of that nature. Near-term plans, no. Um, we, we really, really often talk about we need to just scrap our entire UI and replace it. Um, and, and that's a blocker to doing much of that i think the the framework that we use is hard to work with um it's it's an old it's an old framework and it hasn't modern modernized as quickly as uh if if you, if you do any web development like react or any of that um mm -hmm. it's it's nowhere near as easy to use the, the new map system you guys have is like leaps and bounds better than what you were using before though uh yes because that's a web view <laughs> right so, right you were you, you yeah. were using some python thing before right yeah it's it, it used to just be qt and we would draw oh, an okay. image and we draw lines on top of it and it's now um it, it's just a web page embedded in there that goes and yeah. talks to us always service, better um gets gets all the data from ArcGIS, um and and we use some 
off-the-shelf tools to just draw on top of that. It's it's way easier to work with. Even having to go between the two systems, it's it's still a lot easier, and it works sure. better and it looks nicer. And it's yeah, it's way better. <laughs> yes, the the old maps were actually uh, screenshots from the mission editor stitched together. Right. <laughs> so... Right. Yeah, now you guys have yeah. the satellite view. It does look way cooler. Yeah, and you can zoom in a lot further, and that means that uh, one of the things we want to do but haven't found the time yet, um, if, if you go and zoom in, you only see the group unit, but it would be really cool if after a certain zoom level it breaks that up and you can see the individual units of the of the group. Right. So you could see here's the track radar, here's the search radar, here's a launcher, here's just a truck. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, yeah. And, and it's it would be, be really cool if you guys could make like brief images of of like satellite footage <laughs> yeah um that, that's probably a lot of work though I'd imagine. yeah so the the trouble becomes the the map that we get from ArcGIS. you know it's it's from some year it's recent ish um but right. dcs is a different time period and uh it, it, the the satellite map isn't going to have uh the units that we're placing so there might be sure. a city where there isn't one that's cool. Um, did you have something, Baltic? Yeah, but I just wanted to. We started talking about talking about multiplayer, and I understand this is both single and multiplayer. And my question is, can you? I mean, if you started in multiplayer, let's say with three friends, do you have to be constantly with them all the time? You can switch between missions, play one single, then with two guys, then with three guys, etc. Yeah, you can. You can pretty much decide how many people are going to be present every every round um yeah it got a little bit easier there's there's some quirks to it um but you actually have specific pilots as of 4.0 i think is when that happened maybe that was three um, i think it was three okay um but you can create a pilot for yourself and you will then be assigning that pilot to a jet as opposed to the previous system where you just say, I would oh, like cool. two players in this flight. Um, and you can, if someone's not going to be there, you can send that pilot on leave and then they won't get assigned to missions automatically, which is the thing that we sort of glossed over. Most of this system will run itself. If you don't actually want to be involved in the planning, you can just, you can start a campaign and click go and it'll generate yeah. a mission. You don't actually need to be involved in any of the campaign in any of the theater strategy. In, and you can, yeah. And I, exactly to that point i um a little bit self-promotion here but um i've been running usually a couple times a week on stream um we're doing like a, a command community campaign where um anybody can join anybody from my community can join anybody who you know comes see the live stream can get the information for the server and while we're playing while i'm live can jump in and, and help out and um one of the things that I do is I set up all of the pilots to be players. So there's no there's no aircraft that would be considered driven by AI on blue. And then I hit next and uh, to, to go to the next day to advance. And it schedules all the flights. It does everything. Uh, it does all this possible seed, strike missions, casts, etc. And um, aside from small editing where I just want to include more ships for people who want to play those roles everything's pretty much done for me which is which has been really nice and uh, i'm able to pump out a couple of those every week which is which is really awesome because a lot of people have been turning up to to play these we get like 20 to 30 people on the server every single time i run one which is fantastic so hats off to you guys for implementing that stuff because it made my life a lot easier because i think prior to 3.0 you didn't have the pilot thing and i had to go in and manually edit every single one of those flights to be a player flight which was gruesome because it's like 80 80 plus planes. Mm -hmm. That that's a lot of work. Um, yeah, and yeah. and and customizing loadouts and stuff is also yep. work. Um, you should probably check out the the UOA, UOAF um, squadron uh, built a project that they call Tauntaun, which will yep. take. Oh, you've heard of it. I've used it. Okay, yep. yeah, that's yeah, that's the web UI. That yeah, can... that's fantastic. It'll take the mission yes. that we generate, and you can go in and tweak. And it's it's then actually a cooperative UI. You can have everyone log in and tweak their own loadouts, and right. adjust their own flight plans. And that that the version I saw is several months old, so it probably has even more features than that at this point. But then you just hit go. So that's all really cool, and I actually I actually want to use that more. The downside is to what I'm doing. It's it's a it's a nobody's assigned a specific flight. It's you jump on 
everything's up for grabs. Right. Do what you want to do. You know what gotcha. I mean? Like most of the people don't even do the assignment they've been given. They mm. jump in an F-18. It might be strike, but they need to go seed or they want to provide bar cap and they just do that. I see. Um, I, I kind of just let it be because it's, it's more just to have community interaction fun for everybody. Not, not so much, you know, uh, you get enough people on a mission, you're going to advance. <laughs> yeah. Uh... That's, that's how I've found it to work. You know, you get... You, you get a mission set up and it's set up for 30 flights and 30 actual players jump on and everybody's on, you know, simple radio and we all just say, okay, what do we need? You know, I, I need more, I need more, uh, cap up here. Okay. Well, somebody get in cap plane and jump, jump up there. It, it ends up working out really well. So yeah. and the missions are, you know, like three hours long. So yeah. Uh, the missions get a little funny after about an hour of length. The, they do the, the op four planning. If you haven't tweaked that can get a little sparse i yeah i was actually gonna ask you is is there something i can do to fix that <laughs> uh not because i set really. the mission length time to three hours because there's an actual slider in there that lets you say do you want it to be about one two or three hours right uh, correct and and you can adjust the the mission length that doesn't cause any additional missions to get planned it just changes how the takeoff times get staggered ah okay um so if the if if op4 only has 30 planes they're still only going to send at most 30 planes i um, gotcha extending the mission length won't change that so you can you can give them a higher budget um and that'll give them more to work with but at a certain point the airfields are full and once the airfields right. airfields are full they can't buy any more planes so they can't plan any more missions and you just gotta cut your mission off at that point and cycle I the see. turn I see. Um, yeah we end up we end up getting hit really hard with cap at f at first uh their cap at first and then once we spend about an hour thinning that out then it's like everybody just joins you know dead or seed or strike and then we're pretty much left alone yeah um one of the one of the i don't want to say problems i guess differences in in playing in that style is that you miss out on a lot of what liberation does at least at least for me um the one of the things i like most about it is i have a damn flight plan <laughs> so many other missions it's just like i don't know go do your thing you don't have any waypoints yeah well everybody still has that and they can i guess what my point is they can jump in the plane and they can choose to do what's there or they can do yeah. whatever they want and if you're coordinating with other players the 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 target times in your kneeboard don't matter as much you can talk to the other player and coordinate um exactly ha having the actual flight plan of hey show up at this time make sure the weapons are on the target at this point um right so That's that you all can really coordinate fun. with the with the AI, you know, as as best as they can. Uh, I I find um that's really fun in single player, but in multiplayer, it's really hard to rely on people to be time on target. <laughs> yeah, well the yeah it's it's hard, especially in a lot of the jets that don't have the tools to help you be on time or mm -hmm. um like the F eighteen does it, um the A ten can do it, the F sixteen will eventually be able to do it, but not as right. currently implemented. Um, mm -hmm. And in older jets, like, it's just, you know, make sure you're going the speed that it says on the kneeboard and make sure you're at the right altitude. And... Right. From my experience uh, with the AI, it's it's not that easy sometimes to make them be on target at a specific time. On waypoint, no, yes. No, it's not. But on target, no. <laughs> yeah, because there's, there's no input for that. You can't yeah. say, make sure the weapon hits the target at this time. There's Exactly. Like, you give them an IP and you hope that the time of fall is going to be right and... So you got, or they, they want to start start making circles, like three circles before attacking or something like that. They tend to do it as well. Is there a way for people to get in contact with you guys? Um, you know, for bug fixes or feature requests. Like, what's what's the best way that you guys find that works for you? Uh, for bug fixes and feature requests, GitHub. Everything else, like okay. it, we we have a Discord, but it as you can imagine, it's a pretty horrible archive. Um, mm -hmm. So it 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 gets lost. Um, if it yeah, I think filed. my my feature requests have gotten lost there. Uh, if they didn't get filed, yes, that's very <laughs> very <it> likely. <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. I like that. Please file it, but you can you can skip that and just go straight to filing. I'll have to go back and look at what I said because uh, I know one of the things that I really want is the ability to edit, uh, specifically for co-op purposes, to edit everybody's uh, radios from the ui and then have it as a standard across the entire campaign yeah um we've we've had that request before um in fact i think someone is working on it at the moment it, oh, it's, it's awesome. a thing that people want and uh, when they're playing with their large squadron um yep but all the radio code was written by me and i don't play in a large squadron it's me and a couple friends right, at right. most so 
like the auto allocation works fine. Yeah, and I think a lot of people probably just, you know, if they're playing co-op, you just jump yeah. on Discord or something. You don't actually have to use the radio, the in-game radio. On that point, though, what I, I assume there's just a small tweak that could be made to auto allocation that would solve your problems. Like, are you looking for package channels and a coalition-wide channel, or I'm looking for like a definition of three channels. Yeah, like I want, you know, like guard and uh, air to air and air to ground and traffic. Like just four main channels for people to jump on and co-op with, you know, what they're working on and not get clobbered by other people. Because right now what happens is you know, when we first started, I said, you know, okay, everybody jump on 269 for guard. And then everybody's making traffic calls and the air to air flight is talking between. And it's like, okay, now we need to split it up. So then you make a couple more channels. We get traffic's on this channel. But the problem is, is, you know, since it's not in the kneeboard, not everybody knows where to be. It, it just, it would just be a lot easier if like it was put on the kneeboard. Here's the four channels for these groups and, and that's it. I'm confused because we already are putting traffic channels and package, well, not package channels, but flight level channels on the kneeboard. Where's the definition? Like, how do I change them? Why change them, I guess, is my question. Because I always want to use the same ones. Yeah, maybe it's just personal yeah. preference. I always want to it, use it specific is. channels. Yeah. Um, yeah, there there are definitely other people that have asked for this. I've I've never needed that myself, um, but right, that's right. fortunately not the only guiding factor here. <laughs> and other people <laughs> are uh, interested in this, and a developer is interested in this, so it's getting worked on. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But cool. I look forward to that for sure. What you were saying earlier about it being great to just be able to launch it and not have to do any planning, you'll very much like the next version because it gets way better at the auto planning. Oh, good. Um, it'll, as you've seen, like it's going to plan every single deed package in range. It's going to then plan every single BAI in range and then so on and so on. It's going to actually be a lot more focused and try to oh, okay. plan things to best capture the base. And it's only going to plan the deed that it needs to. When do you think that's going to be out? And the only reason I'm asking this, and you don't have to commit to anything, but the only reason I'm asking is I don't want to start a campaign and then that comes out and I got to start another campaign. Yeah, um, th that's in, in 5.0, which we have no timeline on. Uh, there's okay. going to be a 4.1 soonish to add things like the F-16J SAO and Mariana's support and okay. some other stuff. And that should be very soon. Are those compatible? Like, are you guys making saves compatible between major versions or is it just if there's a version change i know you guys had made some attempt to try to help that but it was uh originally it was every new version needed a new save file so you had to start a new campaign if you wanted to to use that version previously it was any minor version break required a new game uh we mm -hmm. we switched that to follow semper and so now it's every major version is by definition a save compat break if we don't have to break save compat for whatever it is we're working on, then it becomes a minor version instead. So 4.1 and 4.0 saves are compatible. That, that explains why 3.0 and then 4.0 like two weeks later happened. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, there's, there's some parts of Liberation that do uh, depend on the exact names of the units that get used mm -hmm. in DCS. So every time uh, ED changes and improves a name for a tank, it actually breaks our save compat. We've fortunately decoupled from all that with 4.0. Um, and I say oh, all, nice. I mean almost all. Um, I think like our SAM generation and our ships are still subject to that. But Gotcha. Yeah, I just want to ask a question you I should Baltic? probably have asked right at the beginning, uh, which is how many people are there working on it on your side in total? How many devs? That's a hard number to pin down. Um, right now, we've probably got five or six people active um for a lot of the project's history it was two some people are more active than others some some people are going to send a patch a week some people are going to send a hundred so it there's a lot of variance but it's it's in all we've probably had 30 plus contributors oh. um Oh, that's good. It's it's just the number that are active at every at any given time varies and fluctuates a lot as as does everyone's availability because it's a volunteer project like it's 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 our nights and weekends going into this so you can only commit what you can commit and how can people show their appreciation then i mean the patreon or uh, paypal i don't know if there's any way to do that uh there's a patreon um that that's that's one way it helps us uh particularly it'll it'll buy us the modules that we need to test the the new features um is how most of that gets spent. 
I'm looking that up right now. Okay, so it's the uh, Copa one? Yes. Um, it, it should be on the front page of our GitHub. Okay, cool. Um, I just wanted to get that link so that we could... Yeah, speaking well. of links, I think... Sorry, Java, so just one more thing. Uh, I'll, I'll post it as well. Because uh, the only thing I, I really knew about um, the liberation is what I read in, on Matt Spike review. So I think we should link that too for people who want to get a nice segue into, into the whole project. Because I think the, mm, that article was very good. It was, yeah, I, I enjoyed that a lot. It, it unfortunately came out right before a, a major overhaul of the UI, um, so so some of the advice is a little out of date, but it is still a very, very good introduction to what Liberation is. They did an excellent job writing that. I haven't seen that one. You have to send that to me. Uh, yeah, I will. I will. Ha haven't you done your own one of those? <laughs> I did, yeah. I, I have one, but it's way out uh, of date now. I think I did it during two two point something or two. Yeah, 2 I think I watched that. that is, there's it been has a lot been a of time. new features. You guys, you guys do things faster than I can keep up. Well, the problem is, is that I don't move to the next version because I'm in the middle of a campaign. Yeah. <laughs> we 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 try not to break it when we can, but I, I, yeah. Tough. And at a certain point, like yes, we could do the work to make sure that nothing ever breaks compat, but it would slow us down yeah. a ton. We would be nowhere yeah. near where we are right now, and it, it would you know it would discourage people from working on it because it makes everything you do a lot harder. And if it takes you a hundred sure. hours to do something small, you're not going to spend your free time on that. Yeah, and it becomes harder exactly. to maintain. Yeah, and it, it can hide bugs. Um, we have because save compatibility is, I have this thing and I need to infer, uh, what would have been done in a newer game to add this new feature, and you have to start injecting properties into the game that weren't there, which means right. that you don't know if you didn't set it up right the first time since there's there's fallback right. behavior to fill in that data um i uncover bugs introduced by the save compat somewhat frequently what if people wanted to get involved with the project what are some of the talents that you would suggest they have um or or what are you guys looking for if if you guys are looking for somebody who knows how to do something uh i would love for someone to have the the, the drive to go and actually replace the UI like we were talking about. So it's um, mm -hmm. pretty much web UI work, uh, but it, it's also the back end as well because we would, uh, it's all written in Python currently, aside from the, the bits of the UI okay. that are JavaScript. Um, so, and, and that's kind of a hard requirement because we, we lean on a project called PyDCS really, really heavily um, that does okay. the actual MIS file generation. Um, so we, mm -hmm. we pretty much can't get away from Python because of that. So we would need to have... I'm a C-sharp developer, so I got to... Oh, yeah, that's way better. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, Python's Python's pretty good, but there are certainly better tools. It has its purposes. Exactly. Um, and it's gotten a lot better. All right, well, if anybody listening is a, a web developer who knows Python... Yeah, and, and wants to commit wants to a contribute. massive amount of work to decoupling these two <laughs> things. Free. Yeah, no, it, it's... We all have a pretty good idea of what would need to be done. It's just a lot of work, and it yeah. can't be done piecemeal. So, yeah, 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 yeah. That would be hard. And and to keep that up to date with everything going on is probably yeah, a pain it's, too, it's, right? If it's going to take you months to build it, and in those months you come out with multiple versions with new features, and that, that's that's yeah. But uh, for for more realistic things, uh, any any general programming experience is all you really need to get started on on the core development. Uh, like I just said, it's it's written in Python, so that certainly helps. But we have plenty of people that had never written a line of Python before they started working on Liberation, and they do just fine. I you know got to point out all the the pitfalls that it's going to leave for you in the code review, but that's why we do code review. I, I think one of the other things that'd be great would be someone that is interested in doing some of the the Lua work. Um, we kind of don't do a ton because it. It, it's a lot harder to test for one because you have to let the mission play. So it, right. it takes a lot longer to actually test anything. So speaking of Lua, are there any other, I don't want to call them frameworks, APIs, scripts that you guys want to implement um, from from third party? You know, you got the, the Skynet one, you guys have the C-130, you have, um, what's the other Splash one you have? Damage. The... There's a, the extremely out of date version of the JTAC autolays that we need to replace the CTLD. Um, the gotcha. um, the early warning uh, thing. Oh yeah, the, the same one. That, well, yep. not actually the same one. I think the the through the inferno folks have actually tweaked it pretty heavily. 
um, but similar okay. to what's there. Is is there anything you guys want to add that that you know somebody could help with? Um, moose often comes up. Um, it it can do some really really cool things. Um, the the trouble that I suspect we will have is that moose will take a lot of the control out of our hands, um, and mm -hmm. and we do need to be able to guarantee that whatever's going to happen in the mission is roughly what you planned. And I think a lot changes based on whether you, you're using Moose or not. Like, they, they have a really, really cool um, AI cap dispatch. Um, right. It works extremely well. I've used it in some smaller missions and was very impressed with it, but I worry that it makes the uh, AI not do as told uh, in the right. flight planner. So it... Well, they already don't sometimes, so maybe it won't yeah, be so bad. Yeah, that's, that's sort of the thing, isn't it? Um. <laughs> yeah, I think I think cap, AI cap drives me nuts. I, well, maybe it's not even the cap. I think it's um, I think it's the placement of cap drives me nuts sometimes. Well, that's because uh, the commit decisions are... Oh, you were... You, I see yeah. what you're saying. So that because they would go 20 miles and then 20 miles yeah. and 20 miles. It, they... I see. They, there's only one real number that we can tweak and that is the engagement distance so if we want them to engage things within 50 nautical miles of them that means that we have to make sure mm -hmm. that that 50 nautical miles is not overlapping an enemy airbase because it's a defensive mission it's not a sweep right. it's a cap if it you I know see. part of its job is just to be there and not do anything like that that yeah you just control yeah, that is a successful bar cap mission did the enemy get through no Right, you did your right. job. Did you mm -hmm. shoot anything down? Doesn't right. matter. It's just right a deterrent. Right. Yeah, I think uh, what I've had to do more recent is set up more uh, tar cap mm -hmm. missions. Yeah. To, to ensure that you know that the, the air threat is yeah. taken care of before. But if, if you go in and look at the the actual when, whenever you click on a bar cap mission, it'll show you the commit range, and you'll see the the commit range yep. goes right up to the enemy territory and not a bit further. So th that is that is right. why those are where they are is just because we. If that overlapped at all, they would suddenly become a sweep, and then they wouldn't be doing their job because they wouldn't. They would either not be there to defend whatever they're supposed to be defending, or they'd be out of ammo. Is the the I'm just going to use twenty as the the range, but is the twenty nautical mile you know engagement range? Is it when let's say let's say they're flying between two waypoints and they see a target and they go attack that target? If there's nobody else in that, do they resume? Yes. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. Um... But but that's sort of the trick there is you, you don't you want them to be able to go and attack anything within fifty nautical mm -hmm. miles or whatever, but you want them to be a bit intelligent about how they do it. You don't want them to be engaging the enemy's bar cap. You want them to be engaging something that looks like it's about to attack. Right. And that that's just not a not a knob that we have. Yeah, it's different. as far as I can tell. I absolutely am no expert in the mission editor, so I think another cool feature, and and you know, I can I can certainly write this up and stick it on your GitHub in case, uh, just to follow the the proper procedure as you kind of alluded to before, uh, so it doesn't get forgotten. But I think it'd be really cool if you guys had, uh, like, right now, there's literally no reason to attack a factory or destroy a SAM site, or uh, you know, you can cripple it but not totally destroy it. Um, because once you capture that base, if it's not destroyed, you get it. Am I right there? Uh, that's correct. Yeah. Uh, it seems to me that it would be cooler if if you destroyed it. Because you can't repair it. Like, you can't repair an ammo depot once it's destroyed and you capture the base, right? Correct. Uh, it would be really cool if, like, over time, you built up those kinds of objects at bases you captured so like maybe in like four turns you get an ammo depot or give a reason to destroy those objects because i don't know for for me i i'm like when we play these campaigns i'm like don't attack the ammo depot i want that <laughs> don't attack you know what i mean like there's there's just no reason or you cripple a sam's like a given s300 site i cripple the track radar so it can't shoot at me and then i did capture the airfield and now i get it and i can repair the the s300 site and i can use it you know what i mean um, yeah, it, it would be it would be I think a lot cooler if there was a reason to actually destroy it, but but maybe that's just personal preference. I don't I don't know. Maybe it's just the way I've been playing. Uh, a lot of it is personal preference because there is, mm -hmm. there is a trade off there. Like, is it worth it to you to forego those future resources at the mm -hmm. uh, to make your life easier right now? And uh, I actually go after those targets a lot. 
Do you? Um, especially um, like for strikes, the backline targets definitely. Um, taking out backline cash generators is a e pretty easy choice, and I will definitely go after the the frontline ammo depots if the enemy has an advantage. Interesting. Um, and the the new the new auto planner is going to be a lot smarter about doing that as well. So it'll it'll try to take out ammo depots if the I forget exactly what it is. I think it's if the enemy has more than 50% of your current of your maximum capacity or something like that. I, I don't remember mm -hmm. exactly, but it'll it'll do some some work to try to figure out, you know, am I evening the playing field by doing this or am I just screwing myself over for later? Interesting. Um, and and Op4 is going to do it against you too, so you got to actually start protecting these things. Um, right, right. Hmm. I have to look into that cuz I always just found if, it, if if I didn't do it and captured the airfield it just made my life easier every time afterwards, but yeah, it like I said, it, it's a trade-off, and and there are uh, it, it's a it's a pretty common request to be able to repair them, uh, and I and I think the the plan that maybe has won me over on doing that is um, having it be a not instant thing, because um, because right now all the repairs that's what I was instant. saying. Like if it just took turns, that would be cool, or or even yeah. if you could just say like at this airfield i want there to be an ammo depot and you guys just spawned one randomly you know obviously you'd have to set up something in the mission editor but yes. um you know you could request hey we want to build an ammo deep here depot here and let's say it costs more let's say you never repaired but it costs a lot of money up front to build one but but the goal end goal is that over over time you obviously make those funds back because of it uh, i feel like that would be much much easier or like you you know you get their ammo depot but it's never yours you know so there's no there's a reason to destroy it rather than keep it around. I don't know. Yeah, there's there's certainly room for improvement in this area. Because um, a, a lot of people have exactly your opinion of uh, there's no point in attacking these. I disagree. I go after them all the time. But th there's a trade-off involved, and a lot of people think it's never worth taking. So there's there's gotcha. certainly something to change there. Well, I'll have to look for... Uh, I'll have to thumbs up one of the uh, GitHub rec yep. uh, things then. Yeah, I think there's... <laughs> I think there's two related here there's the let gotcha. me repair them and there's a, a a mission type for actually constructing things like sam's and that could also apply to buildings if if that were a thing where it, it doesn't just happen like you have to yeah. actually bring some materials over there it would be really and, cool if like your construct the stuff that you could construct didn't take out of the money that you currently have mm -hmm. but the money that you gain per turn since it you know if you're gaining 50 million per turn and you want to construct an ammo depot well you're going to lose 20 million per turn for two turns you know yeah. what i mean like that would be that would be awesome because that's like a big decision factor is do i have enough funds to keep going that you know that kind of thing yeah i personally am not actually a huge fan of our our cash based system in the game right now um, mm -hmm. I, I think i mean it, it, they are they're all currencies at some level or another but right. um, I, I think the fact that they all pull from one pool uh, is is not the greatest um specifically like air versus ground units the the plane's always the better choice for the mission um right as soon as you have enough ground units to not lose and, and one of the plans here was to we added factories back in 3.0 and one of the plans that i wanted to do with that that i haven't done because we're still thinking through the balance uh would be mm -hmm. Uh, instead of having factories just be a place that you can buy them, it would be a place that produced them at a fixed rate per turn. Oh, that's cool. So, like, you know, every turn this produces mm. 12 tanks or something. And, right. you know, no changing that. That is the rate. You get that. Use them wisely. That's interesting. Uh, there's a lot of uh, balance tweaks to think about there. Yeah, because if you get that wrong, and the missions are unplayable, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, the the exact number um, there obviously is just a tweakable setting in the game. But oh, I see. Yeah, gotcha. um, you leave it up to the player. Yeah. But it, it's the figuring out how that interacts with the other parts of the economy that wouldn't be on a new system like that. Like, what do we mm -hmm. do with aircrafts? Do we have them also come from factories? Yeah. Or, you know, maybe they come in and from out of theater at a fixed rate. Or right, right. Maybe you quit tracking planes altogether, and it's only a matter of pilot replacement. So there's there's ideas, but we haven't solidified everything. And a lot of people do like the the cash system. There's there's some strong proponents of that. So yeah, I usually uh, just just for the dynamic campaign that I run uh, for the community, I usually just give myself a bunch of money because I, I don't really want to 
manage the actual war just just looking to have fun with some some friends so that's cool i i I dig it i i think uh the more stuff you can add to make i mean i hate micromanaging stuff but as long as you guys make it so that that stuff exists for people who want to use it and for people who don't it kind of manages itself that's totally fine me fortunately um red has no one playing as them so every system Mm -hmm. needs to be able to run automatically sure um, yeah, that makes and sense. I also hate micromanagement, so if I'm making it, I'm giving it an auto switch because <laughs> I don't want to do it either. <laughs> I approve. Well, this has been awesome, man. Um, did you have anything else you wanted to ask, Baltic? No, I think I mean it sounds really amazing. I'll, I'll need to try it. Maybe I'll wait for this next version, and I'll definitely uh, go get into it. Maybe I'll refresh my multiplayer skills. Finally, it's something I'm missing a lot. Uh, I don't have time for multiplayer, and I. That might be a nice way to get in back into it at some point. So thanks a lot. It's been very good. It makes the co-op experience really, really fun. Mm-hmm. Um, not something that I usually would do, but this has definitely turned my head another direction for that. Yeah, I'm um, obviously. Dan, I want to thank you for. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was say, I'm obviously biased, but it's certainly the the mission that I enjoy the most. There's plenty of other good ones out there. I've sunk tons of time into like Georgia at War and through the Inferno, but. I, I like that I get a, a flight plan generated and an actual task to do as opposed to the free form. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, that's definitely a big appeal for me too. Uh, Dan, I want to thank you for coming on. Uh, I really appreciate it and uh, a lot of good information for liberation. And I look forward to future versions of it for sure. Um, yeah, thank you. Yeah, of course. This is fun. Uh, I think we had some other questions to in the channel. I think I covered them all. Um I know we alluded to many. I think there was one from but... Fish about the how do you get the ideas oh, yeah, for I missed the that campaigns. One. Yeah. Yeah. So, is uh, are you using real historical campaigns as a source or tactical realism for, for uh, or auth- authenticity? Yeah. So the campaigns are contributed by a much larger number of people than the the core development team that I've mostly been talking about. When I, when I said six, that doesn't include all of the people that are sending us campaigns, which adds another a lot um actually most of our mm-hmm. campaigns are not from the core dev team at this point gotcha um and many of those do uh some some of them even mirror an exact conflict like the the 1982 lebanon war um i think is one of the campaigns and it's as close as possible uh matched to that scenario that's awesome yeah like i've played that one i, I don't know I've, I've tried a bunch of them at this point, they all are a blur. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> um, That's I think cool. the other one that we touched on a little bit was the one from Starfire uh, asking about uh, what what features would help us. The, the main answer there is on the front page of our uh, GitHub is a list of bugs that are the things that I think are holding us back the most. Um, and so please go there, go to those bugs and give them a plus one or subscribe whatever it is these, and, these are bugs that you've listed on for ed to fix yes um like gotcha. first and foremost is is escort behavior it's it's the thing that liberation does worse worse than any other part of the scenario i think is just trying to get the escorts to do the right thing the gotcha. the escort task that's in the game on paper sounds perfect but uh mm-hmm. the moment that the target that the flight that they are escorting goes to do a task like drop a bomb they just loiter mm-hmm. off in in uh, a seemingly random direction so um which is which is no, not very useful uh, it kind of like uh the the exact thing that they should do in that situation is kind of hard to nail down like do they stay in the general area do they follow exactly through the bombing pattern do they like what do they do it there, there's some open questions there and Edie has said yes we we believe this is a good feature request but it, it needs to get done gotcha i have one more question uh uh, helicopters are they also included there because we will be talking about airplanes all the time uh, yeah uh, i only fly planes mostly so uh my bias leaking through there helicopters are there um we don't do as good of a job with helicopter campaigns uh just because they require a more constrained environment size-wise and we don't do a great job laying out flight plans in a, a smaller area that improves in the next version but only to an extent yeah. Are you guys going to add, uh, or you have, you have plans to add Marianas? Uh, it's already done in the in the preview builds. Um, there's not a lot we can actually do with Marianas 
Um, yeah, it's very small. Because we, we don't have naval invasions yet. Um, it's often requested. I think Koba was working on it, but it's not done. And, and without naval invasions, there's just not a lot we can do with that map. You can have a bombing campaign where you take off from a from a carrier and just take out targets on the island, but most of our bread and butter is frontline of troops moving and taking bases, and you can't really do that in that map. Gotcha. Which is really too bad, because it's beautiful. I, <laughs> I really want to fly on that map more, but... I'm, I'm, we're recording this on the 25th of July, and I'm sad to say I haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> oh, you really should. I, a day of, I at least took off the NF-16 from, from the main air base there and just flew around to look at it. It's, it's something. Concur, it's really nice. It's, it's good looking. It is. Well, I do agree that mission-wise or, or campaign-wise, it's difficult to, 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 to build something that would really make a lot of sense at this stage. Without naval invasions, etc. Yeah, but it's nice. Cool. All right. Well, again, I want to I want to thank you. Uh, again, you know, I get a little premature on the last one there, but thanks again for joining us today and talking about liberation. You guys are doing an excellent job. Um, uh, you guys are making progress faster than I ever expected. You know, and to to some degree, I hate that because I want to use new versions, but can't. But uh, just keep it going because you guys keep adding really cool stuff, and I, I think the community really appreciates it. Thanks. We all of us working on it are playing it as well, so it's it's good to hear. We we understand a lot of a lot of the frustrations and the the joys that come from yeah, it. Yeah, we'll just deal with it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's tell everybody to suck it yeah. up. <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. All right. Well, that'll do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, we're going to get out of here. See you guys next time. See you. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Air Combat Sim. Don't forget to subscribe or tell a friend about it. You have a question, idea for an episode, or a special guest you'd like us to invite? Feel free to reach out on Facebook, Discord, or via email. Air Combat Sim was brought to you by BVR Productions.